What the hell's the name of this song? It's Wayne's World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Uh, he tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another fascinating edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and why do you always say fascinating before we even start? Sometimes I say scintillating. But it, Amazing. Should, it, should it be up to the listener to decide that? No. You know what I found? That you cannot trust the public. I think what happened <laughs> in the recent elections in, in Britain show us... That if you if you leave leave it to the public, oh. and there will be a cataclysmic decision there to withdraw from the European Union. Mr. Anti Democracy is now speaking. I think I think uh, there's a I think there's a lot of things that that, that that go to show that I'm true about this. Why why do we have Congress then? Hello, Evan. Why do we have Congress? Hello, Evan. I will tell you right now that. Um fascinating just went out the window about <laughs> two and a half minutes ago that's what that's what wow. i thought evan how are you where are you where are you joining us from today well today i am in the middle of my uh, annual all-star game break vacation with the family at uh, beautiful rosemary beach in florida so you're telling us you never get chosen to go to the all-star game you, you don't even get the fans vote you don't get uh the baseball. You wouldn't vote? even get. You wouldn't even get Britain's vote. You're no, ne- nobody would. You're never. The less of me that people see, the better off. All right. Here's here's my question to you. Are, are, what's the mood in Rosemary Beach? Are you guys in a panic over the Rangers' only five and a half game lead going into the break? Well, considering that I've already been quote unquote recognized once in the public and once while waiting for a beach chair. Uh, the mood, the mood is a little bit panicky. People are recognizing um, you there in Rosemary Beach. Yeah, it's amazing. I ran into a guy from from Stephenville and a guy from Tyler, both of whom uh, actually read the newspaper, which is even more shocking. So you wow. you ran into two elderly gentlemen, is what you're telling us? <laughs> they, yes, they they both had a lot of gray in their hair, um, but uh, they're they're a little panicked little bit of panic there about uh, what's going on with the pitching staff and um i gotta admit that at, at this point in time uh given how long this stretch has been i think that panic is probably a, a little bit rightly placed i i'm not panicked over the fact that the astros are five and a half games behind the rangers i think that this race was going to get tighter before it was decided anyway houston's a very good team but uh I think if you're if you're a Rangers fan or you're the Rangers, you have to be concerned about um, the, the the starting pitching right now. Well, what you're concerned about is that how ridiculous it's been over the last dozen games. Uh, when you when you look seven uh, dozen, I said. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, is that when you when you look at the fact that I mean, just the game yesterday was another perfect example. Through th- three innings, I am willing at that point to give A.J. Griffin the nod as the new ace of the staff because he had not given up a run in the first three innings. Uh, yeah. And then it all fell apart for him in the fifth. I think the telling uh, the statistic for him was that in the five innings that he worked, he got exactly one ground ball out. Uh, everything else is up in the air, and a couple of those balls were way up in the air. That's Sunday, just just so we let everybody Sunday, know. Sunday, yes. About yeah. Sundays. Right. Well, the last game before the break. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he is a he. 
he is a fly ball guy. You know, I mean, he, he has, way before the shoulder sir, uh, injury, he had gotten more ground balls than usual, but he is a fly ball guy, and, and, and he's going to have fly balls. And, you know, I mean, if you got five innings out of A.J. Griffin, that's not the worst thing in the world. The more, con- the more concerning part, and, of course, five innings and five runs is not exactly what you're looking for, but um, just the fact that they've, you know they've run out of, of replacements. They they they're they're not going to have Colby Lewis and they're not going to have Derek Holland for whatever that's worth for another six weeks. Either one of them, I don't think. And and so you're you know you get Darvish back, but you're still going to be at least one starter short. And, and I think the Rangers now have to change their their approach to to the trade deadline, which was I think at one point in time they were going to say, okay, either we get a guy who goes in the top three of the rotation or we're going to pass on a starter altogether and maybe focus on the bullpen. And now you just have to get depth. You have to get a couple of guys to round out the rotation. Why should we have expected anything different when uh, Darvish went out, when Lewis went out, when Holland went out? Why? How could we have expected anything different than what has happened? Well, I I think that you would have expected that um, given Nick Martinez's number of, of major league starts that hopefully there would be some improvement there. And you would like to think that Chichi Gonzalez, who was the number one pick three, four years ago, would would be capable of giving you five innings. But these guys have, uh, these replacements have fallen completely on their face. And um, that's been disconcerting because in the Hamels deal last year, you know, they gave up Jared Eikhoff, who's pitched very serviceably at the major league level. They gave up Jake Thompson, who I think right now would be in their rotation if he was still here. And they gave up Alec Asher, who would not, since he's on a, on a, on a suspension for, um, uh, for, for PEDs. Uh, but they gave up what amounted to the, the rest of their upper level pitching options. And, at some point in time, that was going to be a factor. Well, it's it become a big, big factor right now. Oh, but then, it's then, Cole, of, then Cole Hamels wouldn't be here. So that's true. That's true. But you you also knew that you were giving up the rest of your upper level options, and that you would have to get by either with free agent additions, and Griffin was one of those, and and Jeremy Guthrie was one of those, and Kyle Loesch was one of those, or your minor league guys and your only two minor league guys really were um, <clears throat> Martinez and Gonzalez. You know, Phil Klarin went into the into the mix as, as a quote unquote possible rotation candidate, but he failed and he's out of the system. And, and Guthrie was released at the end of spring training, and the guys that they that they've looked at just haven't had the, the two minor league guys who came up through the system have not made progress. They've, they've regressed, if anything. Let me let me just ask a rhetorical question here. I don't I don't. Kevin wants to speak, but I just want to ask. Barry just like to ask all the questions. I I don't. Well, you're sitting here reading the paper for gosh sakes. Uh, you know what? I, I'd rather do that than listen to you. Well, here's questions. my rhetorical question: What the heck happened to Nick Tepish? How how off the tracks did he have to go to be released by this team? Kevin, ask your question. Don't answer. No, 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 Evan, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that, I don't, you don't have to ask. Kevin, ask ask your question. What, what, were, we, were we going to talk about Nick Tepish? No, I just I, just, I don't. I don't I just think Nick. Say, to he's me, a guy Nick who Tepish, pitched in the major leagues. Well, Nick. To me, Nick Tepish was was just a, a, another guy who was just going to fill. He's he was just basically to me they they traded they swapped out Nick Martinez 
for for Nick Tepish. Well, I mean, Nick, and, and you want to talk about a guy who nibbled. Yeah. Tepish nibbled more than any either of these guys. Right. I mean, he pitched with 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 no real confidence on the mound, trying to get by with a very average thinking fastball that didn't think all that much. And and on top of everything else, if Nick Tepish was here, he'd have a shot at the rotation. Nick Tepish asked for his release. He asked for his release when the Rangers didn't call him up in the first few months of the season, and he got it, went to Los Angeles, got a start, and got, got crushed. All right, so we've got uh, – so I think everybody agrees here. Can we, can we all agree on this, that the Rangers need to uh, trade to get some starting pitching? Are we all in agreement on that? Yes, and this is the portion of the show now where Kevin's going to tell us that he predicted that the Rangers should go after Cole Hamilton. No, I was not going to bring that up, but thank you for being so uh, antagonistic. Uh, let's look over the Rangers' top prospects here. It, it, Jerry Fraley has listed He's here. reading them out of a newspaper. Well, that's the way all radio guys oh, okay. do it. We're not radio guys. We're pod guys. Yeah, pod guys as well. Well, the top ten uh, prospects here. Well, I'm just going to know these off the top of my head. Come on. Uh, so, so number one, Joey Gallo. Uh, number two, Johander Mendez. Luis Ortiz, Dylan Tate, Ariel Dorado, Louis Brinson, Eric Jenkins, Ryan Cordell, Jose Leclerc, who we just saw recently and who looked terrific in his appearance in Boston. One day. One, one day, day. But I, I will tell you what, he, uh, as compared to his uh, peers on that particular day, he looked terrific. And, I, you know, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce Hyro Barris' name. Is that it, Hyro? Pirate. Yeah, Barris. Okay. How many of those were pitchers, Kevin? Well, there are one, two, three, four, five of those are pitchers. How many it? of those pitchers are ready to, to pitch? The well, we saw Leclerc. He looked pretty good to me. Uh, the rest of them, yeah, I, well, but I would say they're not. He also didn't look all that great yesterday. And, and he, you know, his, 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 first of all, he's a reliever. And secondly, um, you know, the the walk ratio is, is was the problem in the minor league. Right. And, and, you know, I think that's going to be something of an issue in the big leagues. And he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really pitched in, in leverage situations up here in his, in his couple of appearances. That said, it's, it's been good to see him come up and, and get some outs. The Rangers definitely needed somebody to come up and, and, and get some outs and give them some multiple innings. Yeah, so, I'm not, I'm not saying he hasn't um, answered anything. I just said he, he looked pretty nice. All right, here, here's what I'm asking you. Uh, those ten names – how many of those players will still be in the Rangers system by the time the, dread, the trade deadline passes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's going to be real difficult for the Rangers to, to deal most of the pitchers on that list. Um, I would say that, you know, if they, if they dealt anybody on that list, you know, LeClerc would be – Leclerc would be a guy I think they'd be willing to part with, but I don't think that they can consider parting with guys like Ortiz or Tate uh, or really Mendez at this point in time because they're all starting candidates. They're starting rotation candidates, and this is where the system has been has come up short the last couple of years because they did deal away all those starting rotation candidates in 10, 11, and 12 when they were in pursuit of their last one. In, in, in what year are those those names you just mentioned candidates to be in the starting rotation. What season? I think, could, I think Ortiz could be an option at some point in time in seventeen. Um, I think that there, I, and I think there are other guys that are not on that list right now, um, in particular. And I know he's been a little bit dinged up this year, but Lukander Brett Martin is a guy that I think could come pretty quick. Um, 
I, I think Tate, this is really Tate's first full year in the minor leagues, and I think he's going through some some growing issues. But uh, I would not put it uh, out of the realm of realities that we could see Luis Ortiz here in, in 2017. So, uh, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I wouldn't want to trade any of the, of the pitching prospects either because at this point it's pretty obvious that they're very thin at the top level of their farm right. system in pitching. But they are a little fatter in some of these other areas. And, of course, the, the names that uh, that Jerry brought up in uh, his column uh, or possible trade bay were Ronald Guzman and Travis DeMerit. Uh, and, well, and, and both just because both of those guys were at the, the Futures game. At the Futures game, right. And, you know, Guzman has really kind of uh, turned himself around over the last, uh, starting really in the second half last year. Demerit last year had a had a suspension for for uh, drug use, um, but has come back really really strong. Uh, but I do think, yeah, if you're going to deal for a pitcher, you're going to build it around a position player. And if it's a if it's a number one, number two type guy, if we're talking, you know, about getting into some kind of Sunny Gray conversation uh, along those lines, yeah, you know, you're going to have to talk Gallo or Profar plus. If you're talking about a guy like Drew Pomerantz or um, I, I don't, you know, I know the Rangers have talked with the A's about Rich Hill or at least have done some due diligence on Rich Hill, but at 36 and, and I believe he's, he's only on a one-year deal, I'm not sure that, uh, that that's going to net them a, a real big prospect call. I think the Rangers would probably go to Tampa Bay and, and look at Odorizzi or more in, 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 ahead of Hill, but I think once you get past, you know, Sonny Gray and, and if Chris Sale was out there, I think you're talking about guys like Brinson or Cordell um, or maybe Guzman kind of uh, being the face of that trade. And, and there would probably have to be a pitcher involved in that trade, but it, it certainly couldn't be Ortiz or Tate, I don't think. Go ahead, Barry. Uh, okay, G- give me a little uh, portrait of uh, Pomerantz. T- tell me something about him. Well, the Rangers liked him enough that they drafted him in 2007 and came very close to signing him out of high school. Um, uh, the, the one concern I have about Drew Pomerantz is, you know, he he's left-handed and he's got good stuff, and having gotten out of Colorado and, and into a pitcher's ballpark in San Diego, He's been very effective, and, and, and I don't think that the numbers in San Diego are necessarily um, uh, improved by the fact that, that San Diego is such a pitcher's ballpark. I think he has improved, and I think he's gotten a relatively good number of ground balls to fly balls. But one concern I've got about Drew Pomerantz at this point in time is he just hasn't pitched a whole lot of innings in the big leagues any one year, and, and he served as a reliever for parts of a couple of seasons. And so, you know, He's going to be getting up well above his his previous big league threshold here in the next six weeks or so. Are you looking at a guy who's going to really struggle down the stretch? You just don't know at this point. He's, I think, I want to say he's 20, 27. 27. So, you know, he's a guy who might be coming into his own this year and might be able to give you 150 to 175 innings, which which probably would get you through the end of the season. but uh, How many innings has he given the Padres so far, Barry? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Barry's going to look that up. While he's looking that up, uh, you know, 
to me, that's part of the issue, though, and it's a very good one that you just brought up about Pomeranz and, and uh, you know, 102. 100, he's already thrown 102 innings. That's a lot. Uh, I so, think, and I think that's his big league career high. I what, what's his, what's his career high, high there, Barry? 102. That is his, his career high. Evan, Evan was correct, 102. Wow, and that's that's yeah, concerning to me that, that the guy has never thrown more innings than that, and what's it? How's he going to react to that? Uh, and maybe he does right. just fine. You could, have a, you could look at it either way. You could look at it and say his, his arm, he's got a fresh. Oh, he got a, but most guys though, until they've actually done this kind of thing, are are just not used to it, and it's it's difficult right. for them to make that adjustment. And and so that that would concern me. You know, even Sonny Gray concerns me because he's just not pitched well all year long. Uh, it's not like it's a little. He's not like he went through a little bad stretch here. He, he he's not been good all year. So the, certainly the pedigree is there, but what does he bring for the second half? That the Rangers have to have uh, somebody going out there and giving them a quality effort. Now, I, 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 surely Sonny Gray will be better than the guys they've been throwing out there the last few uh, weeks. Now, there's no question about that. But if you're going to give up a boatload of prospects, you're going to want to get a guy who's pitching lights out uh, for that position. Absolutely. I mean, you, you're, you're betting on Sonny Gray having a better second half if you made a play for him. But the other part of that is that you'd also, you know, your consolation prize is that if he's not a great improvement in the second half this year, uh, you've still got him under control for three for at least three more years. And the ability to um, this wouldn't be throwing everything down the everything down the chute for for one run. You know, you. You potentially have a very strong rotation next year with with a healthy Darvish, a healthy Hamels, and, and a healthy Gray to, to front that rotation. Um, I, that, that's not what anybody wants to hear right now. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen. I, if there were, if there was a Cole Hamels out there on the market who was clearly available, that that guy just doesn't exist this year. I mean, the closest thing that there is is Julio Tehran, and and what do we know about him at this? You know, I, he, to me, is a guy who would be, you know, a number three or number maybe even a number four in a championship-level rotation. Um, well, Is he the guy that you're willing to give up a Mark Teixeira-type package for? Uh, I don't know if you saw it uh, out there in Rosemary Beach. Buried deep inside a, a front-page column on the jump of the column, Kevin's column today, excellent column. He talked to Adrian, he talked to Adrian Beltre. And I think what Beltre told Kevin – and you can say several it. other actually, but, but Beltre told Kevin is that the playoffs are not enough for the Rangers for him this year. Right. Uh, right. So yeah, we're not talking about the Cowboys where the whole goal has become reach the playoffs. We're talking about a Ranger team that has got to, to for people to be excited for for them to be to feel they've achieved something. They've got to get at least perhaps to the World Series. At least that's the minimum. That's the bottom line. I, I think this season, if this team does not go deep into the playoffs, at least the the ALCS, uh, and, and doesn't get to the World Series, it will be because of the start and because of how well they have played up to this point, will it be as disappointing Correct. as anything, certainly since uh, 2011 uh, and Game 6. Oh, I, not I, as disappointing I, I, as that, but, but it will be as I disappointing as anything since then. I think 2012 will go down as, you know, for lack of a better term, it's going to go down as a quote-unquote choke job. I, I don't know if it was a choke job so much as the team got tired in September and Oakland got incredibly hot. But 2012, they had a, a, a nine-game lead and they had five, a five-game lead with, what, like 10 to play. So um, 
I think the fact that this team led by 10 games uh, late into June um, makes makes everybody's goal very much focused. The World Series is there is is theirs to get, but let's not let's not overlook the fact that Houston really stumbled out of the gate, and everybody expected Houston to be much better. And the Astros are on their hot streak right now, and. This was when I think when we started the season, everybody looked at the American League West and saw a two-team race, and I think that's what you're going to have, and I think it's going to be a tight two-team race between the Rangers and the Astros down the stretch. Um, in context, if you look at it from April one, you would you would say, well, this is exactly what we expected. If you look at it from June twentieth, you would say, how could the Rangers lose a ten-game lead? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's two different ways of looking at that. I, I, and I also think that with a five-and-a-half-game lead at the All-Star break, I wouldn't expect Adrian Beltre to say anything other than, you know, we expect to go to the World Series and anything other than that to disappoint us. Well, let me ask you this. Can I ask you this, Evan? Yes, go oh, ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, there are a lot of teams out there looking for pitching now. Is pitching going to be really expensive for the Rangers to get a guy like Pomerantz? Um. Let, let alone Sunday. Pardon me. I think the relief market is is liable to be more inflated than the starters market. You know, again, if you look at the starters market, there's not there's not that Cole Hamels out there. You know, there's not that that guy who is clearly available, who is a number one quality pitcher. And so, if you go out and trade for Pomerantz, and if you trade for Pomerantz now. Um, are you going to have to place, pay some kind of premium to get those two or three extra starts before the deadline hits? Yes, you will. Um, is it going to be an overpay of uh, exponential proportions? I, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. So, does he cost uh, you a Brinson? Does he cost you uh, uh, someone like that? I, I think you'd have to. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to probably start with Brinson there, and and. I, Quite frankly, you know, if there's a position where I feel kind of comfortable dealing a guy for him, it's center field right now because I very much consider the the possibility of approaching Ian Desmond this week about a, a contract extension. Um, he's proven to be an above-average defensive center fielder, and, and look, I mean, we can't say enough about his offense to this point. And I think Ryan Cordell has, has established himself as a – as a big league prospect. So I think you've got some depth in center field right now. You've got some potential depth there. And we sit here, we sat here and, you know, I, we've written off the line on the shield. I'm not sure he's ever going to be your everyday center fielder, but he's certainly an option too. Is, is, is a long-term contract viable for the Rangers given the uh, long-term money they've got sitting out there already for Desmond? Well, you know, considering the value of the club is about to go up by $500 million, um, or so in, uh, in, um, in October or November, if, if this uh, stadium referendum passes, I would, think that, uh, I, I would think they could potentially look at a, a long-term deal. But do you think, think they, they will? To... Do you think they will? Do you think this ownership group will do it? I think there's, I think there's interest on both sides in potentially exploring a Desmond deal. The question... I think, again, with Desmond right now, you've got a four-day window right now where you could talk about this thing and try and get something done 
But if you if you don't now, I don't think you're going to talk about this again until November. I just don't think this is going to be something that eats up the second half for them. Who's who's his agent? Tell us who his agent is. Um, is it Scott I Boris? The the, I forget the name of the group. No, it's not. It's okay. not Boris. It, it's not a. Uh, it, it's not a very high profile group. So. Um, so just uh, because you wrote about this last week, I was going to write about it uh, Sunday for Monday, but uh, because of the devastation of the uh, pitching staff, I decided to, I had to write about that instead. Uh, well, it, it, that's what they, Kevin. That's what they told you. But listen, my column. That's what they anyway, filled in instead. Somebody, you know what? One of the guys at the desk called and said, "Hey, are you going to write something good about uh, Desmond? Because we could really use something good on Desmond." Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it wasn't he, just the guy on the desk. I think it was the sports editor. We're we're assuming that it would take a five year deal to get him down. Of course, he'll be thirty one, I believe, in September. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would take it would take four at a minimum, and 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 probably five. Yeah. Okay, five. I think you'd be looking honestly. I think you'd be looking very similar at the contract that Adrian Beltre signed uh, when he first came here in two thousand after the two thousand ten season, which was. Five years and eighty million guaranteed with a six-year vesting option that would have taken it to ninety-six million. Did I think that would be a very doable deal for the Mavericks? I mean, for the Mavericks, for the Rangers. We were talking about the Mavericks contracts all all the time. For the Rangers, if they could get that, I I wonder though, after this season's over, if they can get him for that. I wonder if people will look at him now and and see the adjustment he made in a, in a couple of months to go from a National League shortstop to an American League center fielder, to have resurrected his career, to have been the kind of hitter that everybody thought he would be. Listen, when you look at everything he brings to the, to the package at center field, uh, he's in the top two or three center fielders in the American League, certainly. Uh, well, that's why I think, I think that's why I think this is significant. Um, that, you know, either they've got to get the basis for, for a contract in place and, and, and have some parameters there, or they're going to risk, you know, letting him see what's available has, on the open market. Has, yeah. Hasn't he shown the willingness to gamble on his, on uh, waiting? Maybe, well, that is, and that's maybe why he wouldn't want to do it now. Or maybe now because he now, lost a, what was that contract? One hundred six million. But, but now he's got all the. That, that contract was. Here's the thing: that contract was seven years and one hundred seven million. But he's, um, he's the chips are in front of him now. If you well, they were back then too, but. Really if you were if you were to sign this guy to the same kind of deal as a Beltray deal, um, added with what he made this year, you know the, the the overall take for seven years would be right at about 104 million, and so it really wouldn't it, he really would make basically all of that money back. Now, could he gamble and and and, and try to get more money on the open market? Yeah, he could, um, but uh, at this point in time. With a team that's giving him a shot to win the World Series, um, where value is going to be a little, and I hate to bring this up, but the value is still going to be higher in Texas than it would have been in Washington in terms of dollars and cents. Um, would it just make sense for him to say, okay, I gambled one time, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, I ended up someplace where I did end up enjoying myself? Is is good enough? Good enough, and and I think that I think that's something he would consider. Now, the, the the question I would have though about Desmond now is that obviously the most valuable valuable position on the field is uh, shortstop, and he was a big time shortstop uh, with Washington, and uh, his uh, best year there 
arguably, I guess, was 2012 when he was an all-star. He hit 292. Uh, he hit 25 home runs. Um, that's a tremendous for a shortstop. Uh, no question about that. The next year, he hit 20 home runs and hit 280. But as we, and he still had some a very good production. But I would make the argument that if he continues to hit like he is right now, if he's going to hit 320, uh, if he's going to hit uh, you know 25 to 30 home runs, if he's going to drive in over 100 runs, which he's on, certainly on a pace to do that as well, if he's going to steal 30 bases. He this is this will be the best year of his career uh, because Correct. obviously sure. center field is is almost as valuable as a, as a shortstop. So uh, I'm just wondering now uh, because of uh, what we just talked about there, the value for that, and pl- you, you put on top of that that he is widely respected uh, off the field as well. He's the kind of, or in the clubhouse. He's a he's a he's a great teammate, great guy. Uh, very much a team-oriented guy. Not he never wants to sit around and talk about himself. He's always talking about team goals, that type of thing. We we've, we've made the comparisons to Michael Young, which I think are certainly uh, accurate. And uh, so this guy's got everything going for him. And he's and I and he has had some injuries in his career, but those were early on. Is that not right? He he hasn't had anything significant significant in a while. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's been on the DL as a major leaguer. Yeah. yeah. So so this is a guy to me. Uh, it, it's different. Shinsu Chu was how old when the Rangers gave him that contract? Was he in his thirties yet, or not? Chu was was uh, just about to turn thirty. I, I think know. he was. Or, yeah. Or just turned. No, he had turned. He was he was thirty years old. Yes, yeah. I, I figured he was right about there. And 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 that was a long term contract for a guy who now, as as we've seen with the Rangers, has been hurt quite a bit. And uh, who's uh, you want to talk about hurt and not been hurt before? How about the first baseman? How about Prince Fielder? Prince Fielder as well. So so there is always that danger. But I would say that uh, and and this guy plays very hard. And sometimes guys who play as hard as he does would tend to be injured more often. But he just seems very durable to me. He seems to be the kind of guy who could really justify that kind of deal. I think if the Rangers could get that done, as you said, or at least get a, uh, uh, the parameters for a framework done in the next four days, I, I would do it in a heartbeat uh, myself. I, I think because of for all the reasons that you've listed, because I think after this season is over, uh, boy, it'll, it will be a gold rush. Well, if you think that and, and you put that in, in, in Desmond's, uh, Desmond's head, why would he do it? He, he has, you know, I, I know it's, this team could get to the World Series, blah, blah, blah. It's been a good, good. Well, he's gambling that, been, that maybe been, he doesn't have, it, it, that, it, what if he doesn't have a great second half? You know, he could, you know, he could look at it that way. You know, this is this. Right. Is, he doesn't have a great second half. This team's not going to the World Series. May not, may not. He he certainly. You know, that was funny because the progression that his uh, uh, season has had. He went from a guy who was just okay if he can play left field, and then, and then if he hits a little bit, if it's two sixty or something like that, that'll be fine. You know, it'll be better than what they've had out there. He's gone from that to being an MVP candidate. You know, and I and I just right. didn't, I didn't see that coming along at all. And and I think this is, is certainly right. He's done everything you could possibly want him to do out there, uh, and plus being a, a really good center fielder, as good a center fielder, the best one they've had since the Josh Hamilton in his prime. Kind of phenomenal. Agree. Evan, what else, before we wrap this up, Evan, what else do you want our listeners to know about the Rangers going into the second half that we haven't covered already? Um. Listen, I think right now the, the focus is, is twofold, and I think we've hit that in the last 35 minutes, is that 
you know, they, they, they've got to add to their pitching staff, and, and the starting rotation has got to be the focus right now. And um, they have they've got to look at the possibility of trying to, to sign Desmond long term. And, and I think the one thing that we that we should remember here is yes, the last two weeks have been horrible um, in terms of the starting pitching, uh, but they still go into the to the break with a five and a half game lead in the American West. Uh, they are in better position than they've ever been at the All-Star break. This division is theirs uh, to win, uh, and the American League is, is, is theirs to own. And, and all the last two weeks have, have served to do, I think, is kind of reinforce that if this team is to be a world champion, there's still work. There's a very good team here, but there's still work that, that has to be done. Given the fragility... And I had to think of fragility, uh, fragility or uh, uh, of the pitching staff. Is one starting pitcher enough, or perhaps frigid? Evan, Evan, let's that's not, a real seventies term. <laughs> fragility. <laughs> uh, fr- yes, I, that was probably every woman you had met before you married <laughs> the lovely Gina. But but that's that's not the point. The point is, Evan. Given the fragility, F A R A G I L I T Y, of this pitch- that, but that's okay. okay of this pitching staff, <laughs> Again, how many points is that worth? In words with friends, very well, you're probably playing that right now. Well, I'm not, but but he, but here's the deal. Given the, uh, I, I don't know another word of the pitching staff. Is one starting pitcher enough, or do they need to go out and get two starting pitchers? Um, I think you've got to start with one uh, pretty quickly here, and. Uh, you know, you look at what the Rangers did. Go back to 1998 and look at what the Rangers did at that point in time, and and they had to um, they needed to go out and, and get more pitching, and they added Loiza at at the deadline, and then they went back out and, and re added uh, redid some things to the to the rest of the lineup later, and and so I think you know you've got to go out there and try and get something done for a pitcher here in the next week in the next week or, or 10 days and then depending on what kind of reports you get on Holland at that point in time what Darvish more importantly looks like uh, how Griffin bounces back after after the all-star break then you may have to go out and, and add a second pitcher but I, I think for right now you start with one and you probably try and do at this point you try and do something that's that's pretty, uh, relatively speaking, easy to be done, which is, you know, a guy for the middle of the rotation, not a guy who's going to, to slide into the top. Evan, once again, it's great here. Go out on the beach, see if you can find any more DMN subscribers. Uh, you might walk around. If, if, if You should have taken some papers with do not, you. Do not go up to young women in bikinis <laughs> asking them if they're DMN subscribers, okay, Evan? <laughs> Do not do that. Or you might be hearing that term that that uh, Barry was using just a minute ago. Uh, but but at, at any rate, Evan, it's always been a pleasure uh, to talk to you, to bring you on, and uh, in your in your kind of uh, guest role here on the podcast, and we appreciate that. All right, boys, have a good day. <laughs> there goes Evan, the great Evan Grant. That's right. Uh, bef- before we go, I just want to ask you, what's your feelings? Because uh, I. What was that? <laughs> that was we didn't really get finished. <laughs> oh my god! I just before we go, I just want to get because I don't know if we'll get to this in any other podcast uh, today. The British Open, the British Open, 
Wow, that came out of the blue. I, well, that, I like to I like to come with the the, the, yeah, right, the, the hand you can't see. Sucker punch. You think Jordan Spieth? Uh, we're here in Dallas, Texas. Jordan Spieth's there. Could this be? Could this be his British Open? No. No. I don't think so. Who do you like? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I'm not in. The, I'm, I have to say this. I'm not in the mood for the British Open right now. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I was all locked in on baseball, and then we just came to a screeching halt. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I can I take it you didn't watch the women's gymnastics. Uh, I actually have to watch a little bit of that. I have to get ready for that, you know, because I'm going to Rio. You're going to Zika infested Rio. Wow, Zika infested. You know, with people like you, you know, if Christopher Columbus had had this attitude, uh, then where would we be today? We'd be in uh, France. I don't know. We'd be in Spain. <laughs> Uh, Portugal, Portugal. I don't, I don't know where. I don't, you know, it's uh, it, it's. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. No, you don't. You've been to a little all the golfers have bailed out. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. And so, but I, I, I watched. I was glued to my television set last night watching the U.S. Women's gymnastics really? Olympics, Ex- excellent Olympic trial. And we and had and the, the Texans are are doing uh, pretty well. Certainly, Simone is. Uh, and two of the five uh, women on the team are Texans. One, one from here. In Dallas. Madison Koshin. Yeah, so th- that's that's a good sign. And uh, also, um, I'm, I'm not, the name's slipping me, of the uh, the other local product. The alternate? Yes. She, she's an alternate, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I don't have I know. to know these things. I'm, I'm going to study up on all that a little bit more. You know, uh, gymnastics has not been one of my strong points over the year. I have been, this will be my ninth Olympics. I have not done very much gymnastics over those nine Olympics. Because we've always said our better people to do gymnastics. Yes, is that we right? did. That is correct. They, they, and they got there and they just boxed you out. This time I'm going all by my well, little Smiley Pool, the photographer, their great photographer, is I going. I bet he knows the name of the gymnast. I bet he does, too. I, I know that name. I just slipped my it just slipped my mind. I just know she was she was like four six. Yeah, she's very tiny. Uh, uh, we could we could find that out. All right. Do do we do we want to just? No, I think we need to move on. Okay, well, let's move on. Tell us what else we have going today, Kevin. Well, Barry, we also have today. Uh, Chuck Cooperstein is going to come on and talk his ballsy debut. His ballsy debut. Talk a little Mavericks with us. Um, he could talk about anything with us. He could talk about the British Open. I bet he knows the name of the uh, gymnast. I bet he does not. I've, I bet he does not. So tune in to our Maverick <laughs> podcast later to see if Chuck Cooperstein, the ins- who has an encyclopedic knowledge of pretty of much sports, everything, of everything, I bet he knows. What do we, what, what do you want, want to bet lunch on it today? Uh, no. And then we also have uh, today. We're going to talk uh, uh, on our Cowboys podcast. We're going to talk about something that uh, some morning news staffers put together in the last couple of weeks about all-time Cowboy rankings position rankings and where they come in. We're going to look at a couple of those positions, and uh, and I'm sure that uh, listeners would like to argue with us about lots of those picks. So, Well, I'm trying to look it up. I just looked up uh, the USGA <laughs> website, and on the USGA website, they only list the five starters. Oh, okay. So um, but tune in to, to our <laughs> palsy. We'll podcast. figure this out. Okay. For, until then, you're – Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye.